You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Hey, fam, it's Mr. You. Please enjoy this brief perspective specifically for your ears. It won't take long, but it definitely hits strong. We're keeping it all the way short. My life is like, ah, the game of comparison. What a fickle lover she is. Comparison has the innate ability to steal our joy and leave us empty, unfulfilled, always craving more. Kind of like a theoretical version of Chinese food. No matter how much we devour, we are still hungry a short time later. When you hear joy, what do you think of? It's not uncommon to confuse joy with happiness, except one comes from an eternal source and the other comes from the situation in the moment that you're in. I'm happy that I got early dismissal today. I'm not happy that I had to work extra hours. I'm happy that my favorite pizza is on sale. I'm not happy my favorite pizza is tearing my stomach up and now I got indigestion. See, happiness is fleeting and it's totally dependent on circumstances. Happiness is temporal, but the important point there is that it is always tied to something quick to dissolve, something temporary, something that will not last in the span of time. The world, your living situation, your car, your job, your friendship circle, sometimes your relationships, your blank, all temporary. It is subject to change and it will. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. Hear that again. Comparison is the thief of joy. Zen Shin says, a flower does not think of competing to the flower next to it. It just blooms. Sometimes even an act of comparison is like an act of violence against yourself. Wow. Okay, I get that. The word like or as are used to compare two different things, but highlight similarities. They're used in comparison, like and as they used to compare. My life was just like his growing up. Her car looks just like his. In a weird, unrelated twist, social media is driven by the amount of likes one gets. There's even a drive to get more likes than a rival or someone who does similar work to you using the same medium. You're battling for likes. Is it funny how easy it is to compare our situations to people we don't even like or respect? So why do we do that then? Isn't it funny how we often compare our situations to people that we idolize? We don't know exactly what they're experiencing. It's funny, but not that kind of funny. It's interesting that we never actually compare our lives to the life of Christ, but we're quick to compare ourselves as believers of Christ to people who don't believe. Or what makes it even worse, we don't compare our lives to the life of Christ and we claim to be believers who are supposed to be followers of the one that we don't compare our lives to. Okay, we know the history. And we can lift our hands when we sing songs about that history. We place that in our pockets and purses so we can have the cool stuff our neighbors have and do the cool stuff our neighbors do. 
Even the guys in the local cult follow their leadership. They dress like them. They read what they read. They mimic their lifestyle and demeanor. Parishioners copy their senior pastors and mentors' catchphrases and mannerisms. And when they get a chance to preach, they sound just like them. But we don't imitate Paul. We don't imitate David. We don't imitate Christ. Okay, maybe those are too lofty a goal. How about Elijah? How about Gideon? What about Peter? Do we imitate them? Comparison by itself is awful. But then we add the component of deciding which things and when we're going to function in comparison. And it starts to get real dicey real fast. But it seems to be ingrained in us. We have to fight beyond that every single day. It's an ever-present danger. Every week at church, I see these toddlers who give me big smiles and big hugs every time I see them. Sometimes I celebrate them and I clap for their achievements. They might lift their hands during worship or they might run several steps learning how to walk after the service. They learn how to run, they learn how to fall, they get up and they run again. They might be learning how to clap, so I clap for them in honor of their big step, of their big accomplishment. They always stare at my hands and then back at me. At my hands and then back at me. And of course, they don't clap when you want them to, when you expect it. You ask them five times and they just stare at you. But as soon as you turn your back and go about your business, right on cue, they're clapping and shouting like you did a little while ago. They imitate what you did. They're imitating what you did. What made the toddler imitate me? What makes you imitate them? It's not hard to compare and imitate. Even a toddler can do it. It just takes a little intentional effort to decide what's worth imitating. We got a lot of examples, plenty of options. Think about this. What makes you choose what you choose? Start evaluating that. Why do you choose this and not that? Just asking the question. We're keeping it all the way short. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.